Welcome to From the Valley Podcast, Brisbane Business Life. This is episode eight in the series. My name is Tim Wilshire and I'll be your host today. Uh, before we get started and introduce our special guest uh, for the day, uh, I just want to sort of recap what's sort of been happening, I guess, in the last week, because quite a lot's been happening in my life. It's been, it has been pretty crazy stuff, to be honest with you. Um, started off on Monday, the Sea Deck, uh, with uh, the Big Sound opening, uh, very very well attended event uh, in conjunction with the Valley Chamber of Commerce and, and Big Sound. Uh, so on the boat for three hours and then sort of got dragged out to party for about an hour or two afterwards, which is, uh, you know, something uh, which is quite interesting, mainly with the wealth, people from wealth uh, sort of having a really good party time and that sort of thing. So it kicked on for a bit. Um, the only downside, the heaps of booze on the, on the, heaps of booze on the sea deck, but the food quality was there's a few complaints about the food quality unfortunately but so as soon as we got off the boat we we raided uh, the charming score and all you know, ordered some pizzas and then so that was that was a sea deck that was monday night a tuesday big sound actually started went out uh, at uh, eight o'clock and caught up with some uh, local acts there was, saw um, paces um very good act and sam Sarah on the on the Tuesday night, so that was in in the valley itself. Uh, Wednesday was a big day, uh, very big day. I needed actually needed to have a nap uh, at, at, uh, just before dinner. But um, ZeroCon on Wednesday. Now ZeroCon was was uh, hosted in Brisbane uh, at the Brisbane Convention and Exhibition Centre. And these guys at Zero, they do not take any backward steps when they're setting these things up. You had a basketball court, you had ping pong tennis, and you had um, uh, sort of a fake pool where you, you're throwing, you know, you had all these plastic bubbles and balls. So some great speakers. There was a lady who survived the, the um, London bombings in 2005 as these metal legs that she now walks on because she had the legs sort of blown off. So that was crazy. And then another big sound on Wednesday night went out and caught up a few, a few more acts like Adrian Eagle. Actually ran into paces as well. Uh, Thursday night, another big one big day it was zero con day two um there was a there was a um the guy who wrote the book called uh the subtle art of not giving a fuck uh mark manson uh he was a very good presenter and uh you got to look at try to teach you to sort of look at things differently it was quite interesting actually you do have the book already so it was quite good to, to put that together to so zero con was great then the cloudland party for a bit then I caught up with some friends and we went to the third day of Big Sound. I had a, did have a nap in between there. So it was a crazy week coming coming in today. So if I feel a bit, if my voice starts to give a bit later in the broadcast, you'll understand why. But enough of that. Um, my very special guest today is a great friend of mine. Uh, he's uh, been a friend for the, probably seven or eight years or so. A uh, very good networker. His name's Marcel Vogt from Country Consulting. Welcome along, Marcel. Welcome, Tim, and uh, hello to the listeners. Yeah, so uh, decided to get you in. We, we, I like, you know, I like that you've got a sort of background from Switzerland. So, coming across, you know, from Switzerland to another country, we're going to hear a bit about those stories, which I'm quite looking forward to. Tell us a bit about what Country Consulting actually does, Marcel. Look, Tim, uh, I formed Country Consulting now nearly 17 years ago, uh, out of a business which I had in Switzerland, as you just mentioned. Country Consulting is a an IT solution provider. So we're trying to differentiate ourselves from a, from a standard IT business that we try to provide more services. We 
help uh, customer or people who are looking for solutions to find the right solution and implement that solution into the business. But then we're not walking away. We keep looking after that businesses, making sure what they have works best for them and maintaining them. And often really over the years, uh, we become uh, a good friendship. So we don't really like the word client yeah because uh, we have a lot of personal interaction and making sure if their business goes good and the work we do goes good then we have work to do in the future as well yeah so marcel um, is certainly instrumental in in a networking group that's uh, called bots uh, which we meet uh, once every fortnight at uh, the rock lily restaurant in virginia um, you, you founded that group is that correct yeah, we found, um, I was not the only one. We were about four uh, business people who get together. We were looking what we could do. And we decided to, to set up a business group, which is not like a lot of um, other businesses group uh, governed by somebody. We wanted to be governed by ourselves. So we had our own ideas and we can change as well how the structure is. And that's now been going for nearly eight years as well, Tim. Yeah, it's been a long time. I remember and I, I, I first went along to a meeting about five years ago, I think, when you invited me along and the, the group needed an accountant. Fridays were a good day for networking for me, networking for breakfast. And one of the reasons why I joined um, and, and, the, and the group sort of evolved a bit over the years. It sort of had about a dozen members and then it's sort of now it's sort of approaching 20 again which is really good maybe maybe even more than that so more than that yes uh, mm. it's getting a very good traction at the moment so that's that's uh, every fortnight out of virginia so a bit away from the valley but uh, for our listeners but um it's a very good group and uh yeah definitely so i guess the connection marcel with the valley now is marcel country consulting is a new member of the valley chamber of commerce absolutely yes i I uh, experienced uh, the liveliness of uh, the Valley Chamber and how the people do networking with each other. And I find that very charming and interesting and uh, very open and flexible dynamic. So yeah. that's why I decided to become a, a member of it. And even better for you, your, your business is actually in the region. It's Newstead is in the catchment. So Absolutely. It's, it's my area there or where the business is, although the business supports anywhere in Australia and basically anywhere in the world with technology these days. This is very, very simple. Yes, I know. Use Marcel. We've purchased laptops from Marcel's advice. Um, yeah, Marcel, we, we've, we've had a look at, we've used these IT services in the past as well. So certainly highly recommended as far as that's concerned. Um, so Marcel, I guess with these podcasts, what we sort of like to dwell into is a bit of bit of what makes, you know, what makes the person tick, I guess, to a degree. So starting back where you were born, you, whereabouts in Switzerland were you born? How was it growing up and what sort of dynamic did you have with your father and how did you sort of get into business? Tim, yeah, um, looking back, yes, I've been born in the Swiss-German part, so the listener might know that Switzerland has actually three language parts. One is the Swiss-German part, I say Swiss-German, not German, it's different. Then the French part and the Italian part. There's also a fourth language called Romanche, so we have actually four official national languages. So I was born between Zurich and Lucerne in a countryside, not too country, but 
countryside. And you can hear it from my accent. I probably can never lose my uh, Swiss-German accent in my English and apologize. I hope you understand me. Yeah, look, growing up, actually, I have to say it was a good time, you know, um, in the late uh, 60s, 70s. Uh, it was there was uh, not too much hardship for work. Like most people had employment. There was a, a little bit of face there, as everybody knows in Europe, uh, where there was a little bit less employment. But my time as a child was very uh, easy. I had a good time as a, as a child, a uh, good relationship with my family, parents, and friends. Interestingly, then I look back a little bit as well when we talk work, at the time being, my dad was working in a neighboring village, and that was about five kilometers away. And um, interestingly, you know, when I looked at my friends where the parents worked, they used to work within an area maybe of two, three kilometers. So people at do in those days in Switzerland, they didn't really travel that much. There were some occasions who had to travel to Zurich, but a lot of people uh, worked in, in the close proximity for where they lived. So that's an interesting change to, to 2018, mm. how we travel sometimes far distances. And I think it's a global trend. It's not only here in Australia, it's in Europe as well, that you spend more time commuting and it's simpler as well. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, if you think sort of, I mean, obviously with populations always growing, it's sort of getting on the, you know, bending more here in Brisbane. Do People do do a lot of travel here and uh, there's still a lot of travel by car as well because, you know, in some areas there's the bus systems and train systems aren't that great. But do you, th do you find that you... S I mean, I'm seeing a bit of a trend um, with some more people working from home though as well. Absolutely. Look at the flexibility now with uh, introducing the technology and we are heavy involved in this area in supporting. Uh, it's, absolute, it's absolutely a big, nice trend. There are some downsides to that and we maybe speak to that a little bit later, but absolutely, you know, it can save as well uh, a lot of time. It can uh, be more flexible, especially when you have family, mm. but it also has the risk of disconnecting. Oh, for sure. So going back to Switzerland, so um, I guess what sort of got you into, you know, I mean, how did you find running a business in Switzerland? Was that an easy process for you compared to Australia or was always a difficult process running a business no matter where you are? What sort of red tape did you have in that country as opposed to the red tape you have here in Australia? Mm, that's uh, not so easy to say because... I started actually my first business probably when I was 12. Mm. So uh, that was not a registered business, that was more like a hobby beside of school. Um, then later on actually I registered my first business when I was about 15. What, so what, what type of business? That was, um, it was called Music Corner Focked. So okay. I was uh, dealing with music instruments. Okay. I was a, a muso at the time being. I played the guitar, the bass, uh, the piano. And I was thinking, oh, instead of me going to a, a music shop to buy it, why don't I buy it directly? And I bought it directly from the wholesaler and started that one off. Mm. And in fact, as a 15-year-old, it was simple. I did everything myself. I filled out the application forms, put the forms in. It was just dealing with, with uh, local uh, authorities, the government, so simple. It was just all straightforward, I had to say. So I never had any issues, I never had any red tapes or anything like that. And 
the government at the time being was very open, you know, to help you. It's just w- yeah. as long as you fill out the forms, as you follow that process, it's very simple. So, yeah. and did that process change much, sort of, as you were evolving as an adolescent into an adult in Switzerland? Like, did the did the regulation sort of not change a lot? You know, up until the time you left. Absolutely. Look, it it did. Eff- like anywhere, you know, the red tape came in as well a little more and more and more, specifically or spe- specifically when you have employees mm. and the number of employees you have to follow this. And yes, you have to do uh, book work. But one thing what I always had when I was over there is people are approachable. So it's not like that somebody uh, lets you down or they give you an idea and they help you. They always try to assist. It is interesting that the class, you know, the middle class is very strong in Switzerland. So even if you speak to a a bureaucrat or uh, somebody in the government, you know, they're on the same level as you. So they don't really want to put you down. They help you, they assist you. It's not that they have, most of them don't have to show their ego, you know, that they are more an authority than anybody else. And uh, this is still today, uh, in most cases, I can't generalize it. Mm. That's that's good. So, um, going back, so what were the most, uh, I guess, things that your biggest achievements that you sort of achieved whilst you're in uh, living in Switzerland before you moved across to Australia? Uh, what, what were the things that you were proud of the most that that you'd accomplished, and um, and and you know, how did that sort of how did that sort of lead into you know, I guess, what you know, what happened when you got to Australia? That's a, a tricky a tricky question because there are quite a few things. But one thing which I was really proud of is I had the opportunity to work for uh, one of the largest reinsurance company in the world, which was in Zurich based. And there I was involved, first I was involved in corporate identity and corporate design. And to be honest, at the time being, I didn't have much knowledge about this kind of work, but we had we were responsible in the team to uh, deploy their corporate identity and design worldwide. And we're talking here a uh, uh, few thousand employees, sixteen thousand employees, all over the world in in nearly every country in the world. And that was a challenge. And for me, as a younger person, you know, that was very interesting to start interacting. And we had then local. IT people which flew to Brazil, to Canada, to where, and we had to coordinate and support them. So that was a challenge, and it was a very interesting work there to do. So that's probably one of of the highest achievements. And uh, of course, rolling out in uh, software applications there as well, all over the world, because it's a scale where normally where you seldom get involved, you know, it's mm. it's an opportunity, a lifetime opportunity you could do. Beside of that one, uh, I used to work a lot with a, a large company called IBM together, and we had a lot of insight there as well. And uh, at one stage, I probably became a fossil <laughs> because I, <laughs> I was one of the only one who could, pour, could support and a computer system was called at the time being IBM Series 1 because most people have left and there were not many knowledgeable people around anymore. Mm. And uh, uh, it, it became to a stage that IBM called me for support, mm. to support the equipment. But it, again, it was a very interesting time. Yeah, so 
What do you think were the main key factors in in uh, deciding to, to leave Switzerland to pursue a lifestyle in Australia? Uh, and just and just to, to give the listeners a bit listeners a bit of insight when when that actually happened. Um, so what sort of what were the driving factors behind that big decision in your life? Look, I started uh, traveling to Australia in uh, around nineteen. 19- 89 for the first time I came here as a visitor uh, it was actually pure accident uh, that I came to Australia a, f- a family friend of ours he moved to Australia to to Badrum and uh, intended to visit him and Tim look <laughs> the weather here is absolutely gorgeous I mean from the place where I'm in Switzerland or where I used to live in Switzerland um, it can be that you have three weeks fog and that can be a little bit a downturn and in winter it can the weather can get onto your nerves mm. saying so if you live in the mountains it can be brilliant but mm. yes that was definitely a factor so weather was a factor i mean you most people are either they like the hot weather or they don't like the hot weather or they like the don't like the cold probably more people don't like the cold than like the cold so it's an interesting analogy and that certainly is always a factor when you move from you know a cold climate to a warm climate or vice versa usually that way around the way that you've you've done it i guess so that was a big factor what other factors did you like the australian way of life the opportunities that were here the sort of i mean did the country seem more you than switzerland even look absolutely um when i came the very first time is i was in the rat race in Switzerland. You know, I was working, getting up at five o'clock, came home at eight o'clock or late at nine o'clock every day. And uh, I was starting to burn out. You know, that's the thing what you had. I came to Australia and I met the people here and it was like a fresh wind to me, Um, especially the people from the countryside. You know, they were really open, they were really friendly and I got embraced, you know, people took me up. And I made so many friends in the first time I've, I've never experienced before and so easy. I traveled up the coast to Cairns and down to Melbourne and I stayed with families which I've never met before. Just one passes, passed me on to the next one. And that was really, really, I, I loved it. You know, it was something which I didn't have in Switzerland. Swiss people are more reserved. It's harder to crack their heart. Once you're in, you're in. But to crack that heart, it's not so so simple. Here, it, at the time being, it was way simpler. And they were really open, and uh, that really, I enjoyed that. That was the difference from culture. And mm. um, Yeah, so what um, about Brisbane was the big attraction to this lovely river city for you? I mean, obviously, Australia's big. You've got, now you've got 25 million people. You could live anywhere in Australia, really. What was what was it about Brisbane? Obviously, the hot weather was one thing. Was there anything? What else? What else was there? Look, the weather of was was a major part. You know, uh, of course, I, when I when I decided to come to Australia, it had some other reasons, but uh, the weather was a factor. I I was in Cairns, I was in Sydney, I saw Melbourne, and I didn't like it. I just liked first the weather, but also the people here and how Brisbane was developing. Brisbane has come a long, long way. I remember the first time when I came to Australia. So it was just after the expo back in the yeah, ex- exactly, yeah. exactly right. Um, it was hard to find a good coffee place here. Yeah, I mean, there was no... It's a bit easier now. And now, to be honest, Tim, I think we have the best coffee in the world. We have 
the best roasteries, uh, the Bella and, and the other ones, what we have, we have a local ro- roasteries. Yeah, Elixir, Campos, well, Toby's Estates. Exactly right. And how brilliant are they? I mean, the transformation, and I wanted to be a part of that transformation in, in Australia, in Brisbane, you know, uh, to be part of the community and helping with that. And that was really a... I saw the transformation, the change now over the years. And look what we have achieved and where we're going. This is only the beginning what I see. Yeah, so you've always been a very good networker from the day I met you. Um, And uh, obviously Rotary is, you know, obviously something you got into when you you got to Australia. Um, Did you get, were you part of anything similar to that over in Switzerland at all? Look, not Rotary, but uh, in Switzerland there was an, there's an organisation, or there's, it's here as well. They're called the JCs, Young Chamber of Commerce. Oh yeah. And I was a young, uh, I was a member of that. And I tell you here a little bit of funny story, which <laughs> Go for it. I got a little bit embarrassed to be honest. I, uh, when I was in the Young Chamber of Commerce and I came to Australia, I made connection with the Young Chamber of Commerce here in Brisbane, and they invited me to a breakfast event with Jim Sorley. And that Jim was, was the mayor at the time? Or? Yeah, exactly right. Okay. Yes, he was the mayor. And I can't remember if it was in the Hilton or Sofitel or one of these uh, locations. Yeah. Somewhere in the city. Look, my English was a, was very rusty or very uh, vague at the time being. And um, I was very nervous because the Young Chamber of Commerce asked me to do a speak, be a speaker at that event. And I had no idea what to speak about, and I hadn't had a suit, nothing, because you know when you're traveling, just arrived, just, yeah. yeah, you have nothing really here. Not so really. I took it on board, and then I was thinking, look, if you're up there, you should give Jim a present, you know, from Switzerland. And I wasn't prepared; I didn't have really anything except. Now, my mother in Switzerland used to do some very nice little liquor. We call it schnapps. Oh yes. Okay. And they're quite strong and very nice. Uh, and and they, we had them from our local trees. I mean, the German clubs and stuff like that. And, you know, Oktoberfest, I love the schnapps, don't they? Exactly. So what we have in Switzerland, mm. actually, you can pick the fruits. And then in the village, there's a, 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 a moving guy comes around, which then makes the schnapps for you. You get a, a permit from the government. You say you want to make one litre or two litres, and you pay a tax. Then you take your fruits and that document to that guy and then he makes you that amount of alcohol to the strength so you have. Long story short, did you, so did, you, did um, Jim get Jim Sorley get some of your snaps? Or? Exactly, and he told me he doesn't drink alcohol in front of these 200 people. <laughs> <laughs> so that was quite embarrassing, yes. Uh, well, he's still, you know, it's been hospital still, you I mean, alcohol is one of those gifts that you can, you know, it, it's fairly social to give it, you know, you, whether you drink it or not, it's just say well you, you might you might want to drink it you can always give it to somebody well, yeah. you shouldn't give it to somebody else but uh, often that happens yeah so that was that was quite an interesting story what happened there at the time so yes the JCs yeah. that's where I get involved a little bit in the networking and yeah. by as a matter of fact I went back to Switzerland only about six weeks ago and I called up with a, a member from the JCs where it was 30 years ago and which still connected, which is fabulous. Mm. So when I came then to Australia, I had the opportunity to be invited to Rotary. Yeah, so you, tell us about the, fir- the first invitation you got to, the, obviously the club that you're still part of, Rotary Club of Hamilton? Or? That's correct, yeah, the Rotary Club of Hamilton. Now, 
when I came to Australia, and, and listeners, uh, you need to understand, I've never applied really for a job in my entire life because I had either my own business or got into a business or something like yes. that. So coming to Australia as a tourist and then live in another country is a different story. And I had no idea how to apply for a job in Australia. I had never done a resume or anything like that. So I went to the newspaper and looked who can help me. And I found a, a nice person in Pink and Bar uh, who helped me with that. And he was David O'Kinds? David O'Kinds, yes. Wow. And he was a member of the Hamilton Rotary Club. Yep. So he introduced me to, to Rotary at the time being. And I liked it because they're, at the time being, Rotary is a business club, really. We have to understand there are lots of business people in there. And uh, the wealth of knowledge, which is in a Rotary club, is unbelievable. Mm. So I really liked that. And I was one of the younger members at the time being. Mm. Um, and that helped me further on with my business greatly. Yeah, definitely. And no, Rotary, and we, I know, obviously, through Brisbane being such a small place now, most of the people that we kick around within these networking, there's a lot of people that are part of Rotary and um, obviously I'm, I'm an Apexian and I probably always will be an Apexian until until there's no more Apex, but um, but I, Rotary is always something that I you know definitely feel strongly about. I know my wife also feels strongly about Rotary as well. So it is, it's great that um, that was something that really got, got your uh, uh, good start, I guess, in Australia off the ground um, mm. through people like you know David O'Kinds uh, you're able to sort of you know, start I guess from in, in a way it was starting from scratch but you you know you had all that background from you know what you'd learned in Switzerland and you had that sort of personality to be able to to make it work for yourself and um, so Marcel um, <clears throat> I guess when you sort of started up country consulting when you know when you first got here was there sort of uh, a goal as to what you wanted to do with with uh, country consulting? Obviously, it's a, you told us before the services, the IT services that you provide. Is there something you're sort of looking at trying to to any sort of long term goals that you want to achieve with with country consulting? Yes, Tim. Look, there there are a few things which I always had in mind with country consulting. Now, one thing what I wanted to do and I mentioned it before I wanted to be different uh, the business should be different and um, we are technology focused but I don't want to be like seen as like a geek of technology a geek can be also a slave of technology in using technology wisely there's there's more to it uh, than just computers and type keyboards and mouse or a phone or whatever you have out there there's also the personal interaction you have to make sure that the people are comfortable with what they use and looking behind the scenes that's always my goal for the whole business and the staff today Tim I also make them vigilant that when they go to see our friends customers they need to keep their eyes open. It's not only the technology what we provide. We, we are sometimes as well the person a business owner talks to when they have problems in the business with processes, with staff. Because what's happening when you have this good relationship with any, everybody is that the business owner tells you things they wouldn't tell anybody else. But so do employees tell you stories and you can feel there might be 
an issue or they might have an idea, but they're not game to bring that forward. But we can do the link. We are the missing link between. We can make the link, we can bring it forward. When we hear something, we can make sure that it gets brought forward for the positive or whatever changes it necessary. And that's the, the key part of our business. We don't want to lock ourselves in and we do not lock ourselves into one particular area or, or uh, profession or anything like this. We keep ourselves open because we need to have the global knowledge of everything. So that comes into place, Tim, when, for example, a business is moving. Often a, a business has maybe a new location, maybe yeah. their lease expires. We get called up by the business owner and say, hey, look, I want to move. I've got these three locations. Um, I'm not sure if I should talk to the real estate person or the agent or whoever it is. Can you go and have a look? So we go and have a look and we find out and we give him then our opinion on the different places. So he has a starting point. It's, ah, yes, the, the, the location is good. They have good lightning. We can go get, get internet connections there. There's staff car park. There's, we look at all these aspects and they take that in consideration. So got nothing really to do directly with IT, mm. but they want to know our opinion. And that's always very uh, good. There's a bit of a trust. There's a bit of an trusted sort of consultant advisor type uh, situation and what you're saying that you're building that bit of rapport to be able to make those sort of calls as well absolutely and, and obviously yeah. uh, you know just, just for experience you can your experiences help other people's experiences you know is one thing one way you got to look at things I guess um, yeah so that's so Rotary and and all of that's um, definitely uh, it's been great and for you um, I guess what I was going to ask you, yeah. So, so what do you? We just a few things um, circling back. We'll probably circle back to some other stuff as well. But where do you see some technology, you know, technology advancement sort of going in the future? Money, sort of, well, you know, Australia wide, but you know, Brisbane in particular. Do you think you know things like driverless cars are, are sooner, closer than we think, as far as being the norm, or what do you think? What do you think about that, those types of technologies? Uh, Technology is, is always interesting in how it gets adopted. Mm. Today, we can do a lot of things, and we don't do a lot of things which we could do. The reason for it is acceptance. Now, even with driverless cars, the technology is here. But what I'm always vigilant is what we hear and see if that is all really the truth. So I'm always a little bit skeptical with a lot of things. I like to be on the realistic side of, of the things. Now with driverless cars, there's the acceptance, you know, do the people accept that? Uh, liability, we heard a lot of stories what happened with a uh, Tesla case uh, not too long ago in America and some other accidents. So I'm not quite sure it's the technology could do a lot but is it beneficial for the humans mm -hmm. in There's reality? There's human involvement. What I'm very interested to listen to, I haven't, I haven't listened to it, I'm hoping to get a chance to listen to it over the weekend. A new podcast just came out today uh, with, with one of my uh, uh, inspirational podcast hosts, Joe Rogan, his guest, Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. That'd be very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting to, to listen to that conversation. But um, if you want to listen to something interesting, I reckon that would be 
that might be an interesting podcast to listen to. But I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm just saying Elon Musk is one of those sort of guys that you like to hear what sort of comes out of his mouth a bit to see what, you know, well, that's what, just what I got thinking when I saw it and said, well, that, that would be a good one. Yeah. Definitely vision. Elon Musk is definitely a person who has a lot of visions in his eyes mm. and uh, can ins inspire people with his thoughts, yeah. which is interesting good. So um, what about, so you, obviously you, you've got some family. What, what do you, how do you sort of uh, interact with your, um, I guess, children to be able to say, okay, this is, you know, do you sort of mold, have any sort of influence in where do you think they will go in their careers and, and that type of thing? I mean, are they going to be people that are going to, are they going to be into technology as well or do you, do you think they'll be in something completely different or how do you think they'll sort of, what sort of world are they going to be living in? Um, let, let's start actually with, with my daughter. Um, you know, I, I never try to force technology on my children. Yep. They see what I do. They see the benefits, what I draw out of it. They see as well how much I have to work. So it's like getting somebody into your own business. You don't want to really force that on onto the children. And, and I leave my children uh, an open hand what they do. Um, but interestingly, uh, it shows that my daughter, uh, she studies uh, advanced science at UQ and she loves it. And we have been, uh, some years ago, we went to visit the CERN, a mm. uh, large hadron collider in Geneva. And uh, she is looking at maybe that she has an opportunity to get some uh, learning or study or working there as well. Yeah. So she has embraced definitely the technology side, the science side from me. She has inherited that one. Mm. And my son uh, just finished his uh, uh, QCS yesterday, year 12, year 12 that's yep. right. So he is looking at uh, doing on the mechanical side. My dad used to be a mechanic uh, and uh, specific, specific mechanic making uh, high quality drills and uh, CNC machines. And my son seemed to have inherited his finger or his uh, manual things. And he's looking at doing an engineer degree when he finishes. So yeah. I don't try to force technology on them, uh, but today I can tell you, Tim, some stuff they know nearly better than me. That's the thing with kids, that they know how to use things um, that you haven't even seen in use. They say, look, Tim, this is how this happens, you know, I can just imagine, you know, this is how this works. What, what did you just do? How do you know how to do that? Yeah, Absolutely. Look, that that always amazes me. And and uh, I like to work with younger people. We have in our office as well, younger people in, involved. So if you contact Country Consulting, you yeah. know, uh, you speak to my, my staff and some of them are just a while out of university or still in university. Mm -hmm. And I like to harness their ideas. Mm -hmm. Now, an idea and make it reality is completely different story. And the idea to, to bring it alive and make it a, a valuable proposition for a business is not the same. And that's where I come in, or me and, uh, and, and management staff as well, to make sure that the ideas are realistic, that they can make into a positive aspect of a firm. So a lot of things, they're very nice, but they're not really suitable for anything. But if you have the right thing and the right mixture, then it's perfect. And that's where you always need to be open. And that's why I'm still in that kind of business team. Every day I get up and I tell you what, every day is a challenge. 
every day is different mm. there is no day which is the same for me yeah. I every day I get confronted with something new mm. and uh, I have to master it and I think the, a lot of my people in the office as well love that challenge mm. yeah something that sort of resonated for me from uh, Mark was it Mark Manson uh, what he was talking about yesterday you know if it, if it doesn't involve pain it's not worth doing yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not worth there's no achievement in just having achieved something without pain no. is the whole um, so you've got to enjoy you actually got to enjoy pain enjoy pressure as much as you enjoy the, the successes absolutely look the, the be- a good day for me is if I come into the office and we get the phone call and say look we would like to have this and this project done or this and this and I go I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never heard about that. <laughs> and then I go scratch my head and then at our team meeting we just discuss it and say, has anybody heard about that? And then we go out like little bees and collect the information and find a solution and, and gather information about something. And you know, it's stressful as you just said, but it's rewarding as well. And even if it's not coming to light, you have learned something new. Mm, for sure so um, I guess does anybody I mean whether it's a a popular public figure whether it's you know someone that you know quite well family or friends who are the people that inspire you you know who are the, who are the inspirations that you get when you're sort of when you do wake up and say and who you know who are the people that have inspired you now and in the past to be able to make you the person that you are in your opinion that's a very interesting question. I haven't really thought about that. I don't have directly a person in front of me about that. For me, uh, it's life itself. You know, somebody who has a balanced life, it, it's actually, Tim, you, can, you are a, a part of it, you know, yeah, as well. You know what you do inspires me. So I look around, around my network. I don't need... Uh, a Bill Gates or anybody yeah. like this as my as my hero or whatever as my inspiration. My inspirations are the people around the, around me, mm. which inspire me. Mm. You know, when I see people with ideas and coming forward with 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 tasks or they achieve uh, sometimes crazy things, or setting up like a, a vaccination in the Philippines for for young uh, girls. Uh, or uh, another project, building shelters, or just around the corner, making sure uh, a local school has a ramp built, or employ people. I mean, you as an employer like me, you know, we have a big, a big responsibility, and unfortunately, often it's not taken in account. But we still tickle along, and we carry that one. So that's my inspiration. The people surrounding me, going to these business networking group meetings, what I'm going. Um, they're really my driving force. They're my fuel to keep going. Mm-hmm. I tell you, Tim, every time when we have the BOTS meeting or the Kedron Brook Business Group meeting or the Valley Chamber meeting, you know, I come back hyped. I'm really, yes, full of energy. Yes, I want to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's... It does do that too, that's for sure. It does, it does give you that excitement factor um, to your business part of your life. Like there's obviously your life is not all business sometimes it seems that way sometimes but there is more to life but it does you need you need to have some sort of excitement in that you need to have a bit of challenge in that as well and you need to better you know harness new relationships and try to build it up and 
keep keep living, you know, at the Absolutely. end of the day. Um, so places around the world that you've travelled to, is any is it, what what are the some of the places around the world that you've sort of uh, felt you've enjoyed the most on holidays and stuff like that? Where have you been that you think uh, you'd you know, if someone said I'll oh, go to that place, you'd have a good time? Uh, that's another good question, Tim. Um, I'm a citizen of the world, basically. I have to say, I like the world. Anywhere in the world, I, I really like it because... Interesting answer. What my view is, yes, there is negative sides, there are bad things in the world, but I like to see the good things. And I've been traveling, backpacking, you know, in Asia, uh, from Singapore, for example, up to through Malaysia to Thailand, and, and stayed in, in very simple places. Uh, but the connection, what you can do, it's you who makes things interesting, I believe. It's you who can make your life change. If you're open to things and if you keep your eyes open and you talk to people, most people in the world, humans, are friendly. Mm. And, and I like any place, Tim. I like it here. If people ask me, and I know listeners who come from overseas or move to Australia and call Australia their home now, they often get asked, wouldn't you like to go back? And I say, maybe, maybe not. I live here now, that's my home. The people are here, my family. That's where I'm belonging at the moment. I don't know, maybe in 10 years time, maybe I, I live there again or not, mm. but here and here I am, and here I will be. Mm. I've seen a lot of my friends, families in Switzerland when I was young. Switzerland had a lot of migrants from Italy. Mm. A lot of Italian people came to Switzerland as well, Spanish and Portuguese, but at the time <coughs> being, Italy was the, the connection because part of Switzerland speak Italian as well. So they come to Switzerland and they worked here. They, had, they brought up their children, but they never learned the local language. Mm. So when I have a conversation today with them after 50 years, they, spill, they still speak a broken German or Swiss German. Mm. Because what they had in their mind is, when I retire, I go back to my home country. Mm. Guess what? They can't, going back is not that easy. Of, some of them bought the house there and they wanted to retire, but they can't go back because their families have moved on or died. Mm. So now they're sort of, haven't got a route anymore mm. because they never had the mind of settling in. And I don't want happen that this happens to me. So that's why I'm, I like the world. Anywhere in the world is a very interesting place. Mm. Yeah, so... Yeah, excellent. Um, what is what's anything sort of big coming up in your world at the moment? Obviously, next Monday you got we've got the uh, Rotary Golf Day at uh, Royal Queensland, which I've been tagged along. And yes, and, you uh, will be one of my buddies there. <laughs> as long as we don't turn uh, the Royal Queensland into a potato field, Marcel, I think uh, I did that the last uh, two years. So, uh, <laughs> listeners, I'm a very good golfer. I think that's the fourth time in my life I play golf. So <laughs> yeah, we've got a pretty, yeah, we've got a pretty sort of scratch together team, but we'll we'll get there. I think at the end we of the will, day, we will. We will. But it's all for a good cause. What is the charity cause that uh, we're playing for this year? Um, it's uh, aunties and uncles. It's called. 
What's that? Aunties and uncles. Yes. It's a very interesting organization. You know, some some younger kids where they don't have really a, like a father figure yep. or a mother th- figure mm. that uh, you can offer your support and you can then become an, a, a sort of an uncle to mm. that person and take them out once a month or so and, mm. and do some activities. Just integrate them in your family. You know, kids which, which come from a family which mm. has a little bit of disruption or... Uh, things like that so it's yeah. uh, listeners if you want to google that one it's quite a, a, a worthy organization Definitely. it's a small organization but uh, uh, worthwhile getting involved in it yeah excellent excellent um, so yeah we've what's I know you came along to one of my uh, Australia Day parties once to listen to the hottest 100 of triple absolutely so what sort of music do you what sort of music are you into is that the, do you like that type of music that um, that sort of triple J style or is there any particular style of music that you that you sort of like oh uh, with music it's it's more like the things what I don't like <laughs> um, I, <Heavy> I metal. <laughs> yeah no it, it depends if it's a classical heavy metal yeah. as I told you know I've made music myself and probably I was one yeah. of these screamer as well I wasn't really a good I was the the singer in our yeah. group because nobody else wanted to but no I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty open with, with with music as long as it has a, a melody in, melody in it so of course now you know it's got to have a bit of rhyme to reason it's got to be it's got to be catchy enough it's got to be nice on your ears that's right um, voice, I, voices are always mm. important aren't they do you think do you mean a good voice if, if you got if the band has got a good female vocalist with a you know good female voice that always sounds good as well absolutely yeah um, in my you know from what I've seen uh, so yeah that, that big sound that was three nights of that that was uh, pretty crazy I don't know how I did it but <laughs> you know decided to take the plunge and that's that's the that's the punishment I guess um, zero software I mean I went to zero con I think you've had a bit of a look at zero software before um, the conference was was unbelievable the way it's sort of set up um, I don't know where zero, it's gonna be interesting to see where a company like zero goes from here because zero is really um, it's really sort of gathered a lot of market share uh, away from MYOB over the last seven or eight years, it's become big. You're getting 3,700 delegates going to ZeroCon, coming in from all over you know, the world, pretty much, uh, to find out what's going on in Zero. Um, it, to me, it's it's I guess it's got that sort of beautiful aura about it that's people attracted to. I think a, a company like Zero are they going to continue to evolve? Is there going to be like a ceiling for a, a company like that? Uh, where we see it in the past, if you look at a lot of these different companies, they hit a ceiling at some point. Um, and and Zero, I'm not going to say I'm not saying they're going to hit a ceiling, but there's always that danger. Like you know, companies like Kodak, they hit a ceiling, you know, and and someone else will come along and and do things better and easier and. Not as much, you know. Have you had any experiences yourself of a company like Zero, or you had a look at their software before? Look, yeah, uh, with Zero, of course, I had to look at it. But in in global terms, you know, every company has that challenge, as as you know, as you just mentioned before. Look, look just back at IBM. I can talk about IBM because I was yeah. uh, a partner of IBM in Switzerland, and I did actually <coughs> their training for listen of some maybe no AS four hundred Lotus notes and so in Zurich and a good friend of mine in Switzerland still does that. But IBM has changed, 
you know, a lot. Like when they in started, a lot of people know their history, you know, as with typewriters and and from there how they evolved. And I remember when IBM sold their business, like the PC business, personal computer business, to Lenovo. I was thinking, what? They're selling that good business away at the time being. Today, I know uh, why they did it. And not too long ago, they sold their uh, x86 server business as well to Lenovo. And the reason is they're changing. They know IBM is not that business anymore or hasn't been for a long time. They do evolve. They have a lot of research. They do a lot of research and they have big labs in America, of course, and in Zurich and in other parts of the world. And the same with Zero. You see, Zero will diversify. They will find something new to attach to their software solution. We see that with Microsoft. Look, when you see Microsoft today, what Microsoft is today, it's a completely different business model what they were 10 years ago. Mm. Now, they're not striving into directly into the operating system anymore. They want to sell added value like with the Office 365 host solution, Azure, what they have. So they diversify their business that they have a more secure business. So they're not playing or they're not putting all their eggs in one basket because they know maybe Windows 10 in today's world, and I showed actually an example at the, the bots meeting. Yep. You don't need a laptop anymore. Your phone can do the job. And if you have a remote desktop and what we provide, mm. you don't need that. You can work anywhere in the world. So their business model has changed and will evolve. And so will Zero. We see that MYOB is uh, struggling with it. They work hard on changing at the moment. Their offerings has changed. And... Uh, any business, like our business, our business, like if I could throw back to that, we have changed a lot. You know, although I'm, let's say, an old person in IT, but we have to stay young and dynamic with evolving ideas because Definitely. every day it changes. A little technology thing can make such a huge difference to mm. anybody. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> last night, uh you probably don't, I don't know, you probably don't follow the AFL, but uh, <laughs> Richmond and Hawthorne at uh, the first game of uh, the 2018 finals, I guess you call it. My team, Richmond, top of the ladder. Uh, we won, so very, very happy about that. So congratulations to Richmond. Up the Tigers. My younger brother, he flew down to, to Melbourne uh, to watch the game live, so that would have been great. I wish I could have gone in a way, but too much on yesterday there's no way I could get out of all of that sort of stuff but what sports do you sort of get into Marcel is there any in particular sport that you follow at all or you're not a really a sports person I'm just used to be Tim look uh, as a Swiss of course skiing used to be a big thing yeah I remember you know when you come back from school we used to go home uh, over lunchtime and my mother turned on the telly and we all sit glued in front of the telly and watching the the downhill race mm. or anything what is there so absolutely yes, and of course soccer was was a big thing. Yeah, um, yes. At the moment, I'm I'm just uh, admiring still uh, our fellow the Swiss uh, tennis player, of course. Federer. Absolutely yes. Uh, didn't he? Didn't that Brisbane boy <coughs> beat him? The he, other did, day? he did. He did. He did. He did. Milman. Yeah. I think his name. Yeah. Is his name Milman? Uh, yeah. 
How, how old is this Millman guy? I have no idea. So we have to have a look at look up Millman mm-hmm. and see see how old this guy. Mm-hmm. Which I don't even know what his first name is, but I just he made the quarterfinals. He um, uh, Millman. So yeah, he beat um, Roger Federer, but then he lost to Nojak no, Djokovic or whatever. That's his name right. Is, yes. But, uh, yeah. Millman tennis. John Millman. That's his name. So John Millman. He's has he got a future? Or he's got a chance or not? I wonder this guy. We'll How see, but it was, it was good uh, for him uh, to 20, have that Yeah, he's, pretty, he's old for a tennis player to be peaking. He's 29. I mean, he should have, mm-hmm. I suppose, nine years ago would have been good if he was playing the way he is now. But So you've only got a limited window with some, you know, to get to the top in tennis, you know. Mm-hmm. I, remember, I, I remember Leighton Hewitt wasn't at the top for very long, but he, got, he did get to the top. Mm-hmm. I think every, you know, sports people are... Some sports people are uh, inspirations as well. When we, when we come back to the inspirations before, you know, like when I look at the Federer or a Nadal, how they behave and how they do things and how serious and how focused they are on, on what they do, um, they can be an inspiration for a lot of business people as well. And uh, it can help, you know, to, to see what they do. Mm. <coughs> I see one guy I might, I'm going to try to um, see if I can get him on the podcast. I've got to follow him on Facebook. I ran into him at ZeroCon. Uh, there's a guy called Andre Moore who migrated to, to Brisbane uh, back in the late 80s or the early 90s. He played for the Brisbane Bullets. Uh, so I was, I was playing a bit of basketball with Andre Moore over the last couple of days. Uh, he's a fantastic guy. He's about 50. He's probably in his 50s now. But, uh, but he, he was a in his prime, he was like one of the best in the NBL, you know, the National Basketball League. He actually played played for 12 months in Tassie for the Tassie Devils when it used to exist. Wow. Uh, he told me a rumour that there might be a, a team coming, an NBL team coming back to Hobart. So I don't, I don't know too much about it. I might look that up, but that's, that's quite interesting. Um, other sort of things that are happening at the moment, Brisbane Festival, I think you've, you might have seen the ads around the city. Uh, all pink, you know, all that pink, <laughs> those pink sort of advertising. So we just finished Big Sound now, the Brisbane Festival, starting from Saturday the 8th. Um, I think there's a, I think the River Stage has got some, some big acts on there, some fairly well-known artists, and then that runs all the way through the end of the month. So all the rest of September from tomorrow onwards is something happening with the Brisbane Festival. You've got the Powerhouse. Um, Isn't it a fantastic place to live in, Tim? Brisbane yeah, is, is so it fantastic, is. so many know. things on, it's just one of my, wonderful. Uh, one of the people at the gym keeps uh, banging on about Rhonda Birchmore playing anyway. So, mm. but, so yeah, so that's happening also um, in the Valley Chamber of Commerce. So there is the AGMs on next week. I'm, I'm going to be an interested observer. I think there's a few elections going on. So um, yeah, join the Valley Chamber of Commerce if you're interested in... In, uh, if you haven't joined already, um, it's certainly uh, a great chamber, very vibrant. And uh, coming up on a fortnight from today is the uh, Valley Chamber of Commerce Business Festival. I don't know if you've seen that one advertised in your in your mail, but um, I haven't sort of got round to whether or not I'm going to put a stand up. But uh, just had so much on lately; uh, it's been pretty crazy stuff. But it does, definitely, if I don't uh, have a stand, I'll definitely be there anyway to see what other people get up to and enjoy the whole festivities do you think you'll go to that i'll definitely do have a look around we were just discussing if we have a stand uh, there it's it's a 
brilliant venue there on uh, King Street and uh, thanks to Landlease and cooperating uh, so much with the Valley Chamber, I, I think it's a very nice and good partnership. Yeah, it's a great area there and certainly, um, and at the end of the month, winning appliances I think is the meet and mingle. I don't know if you've you been into that, to that, that uh, winning appliances no, Never been there. hadn't had a chance yet. So that was we. There was a, we had the meet and mingle there exactly. It was twelve months ago. Um, one not to miss, Marcel, because I remember. I remember last time when we went to that one, you, know, you just go around. It's like a kitchen, bloody fit out everywhere in the whole. You know, mm. you know all these different kitchens and it's crazy. So I went there with Ben, ten, I think, and my wife and April. I remember that. Um, and there's. The prize giveaways at the raffles are the best throughout the rest of the year. This, these are the ones where you can win some really cool kitchen prizes, whether it's a you know something and some really good monetary value. So um, one not to miss as far as <laughs> meat and mingle is concerned. That's uh, good. Um, that's a Thursday night, and then I'm going to Gladstone the next day. I think I'm heading up to Gladstone um, to, su- to support some mixed martial arts. Um, yeah, so that's. I think that's just about nearly a wrap there, Marcel. Um, uh, I don't know if there's too much else I can probably go on about. Um, yes, so there was another guy I wanted to put a shout out to. Actually, I ran into him uh, last night at Cloudland. His name's David Boyer. So David Boyer's got a, a podcast uh, called From the Trenches, and he's one of the inspirations behind uh, this podcast, uh, From the Valley podcast. So. Uh, just a big hello to um, to David Boy. Hopefully, he'll say hello to me on his podcast. Uh, he said he would coming up, so uh, he might even do a five on five, some sort of five minute interview thing. So I'd be interested to see if that happens. But uh, that was what the From the Trenches podcast is about. It's everyday life in the accounting world. So, but I didn't want to sort of digress onto that. Those guys do that, and they do that very well. They discuss different things that are going on. Good some good things, some bad things, get guests on from the tax office, from Bloody Meyer, QuickBooks, the software companies, they're sponsored by um, BGL, but um, I ran into him at Cloudland, he's a big Footscray, uh, Western Bulldog supporter. So uh, apart from that, I think I don't think I have too much more. Um, oh yeah, sorry, one, one, final, one final thing. Uh, tomorrow, I might be doing, possibly doing another podcast tomorrow morning um, with, with Damien Brown, so I look look forward to that one. Uh, but also tomorrow um, in Apex, we've got a, an event on in, in Queensland uh, on the south side at the at Mount Gravatt uh, TAFE. Um, it's it's the Apex Australia Teenage Fashion Awards, the Queensland final. So our club will be there. I'm going to try to possibly take my gear along and talk to a an award winning uh, fashion designer. This 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 young kid. Uh, he's only 17, so he's been doing this competition for the last mm-hmm. four years and winning mm. every year. Connor O'Grady. So I'm hoping to maybe talk to Connor if I get a chance tomorrow, depending on how how things sort of work out. But uh, he, he's someone I'd certainly like to to talk to to see. I mean, it's mainly a female-dominated industry, fashion design, but this guy seems to know what he's doing. And you know, rather than play football, this guy is out there bloody sewing bloody. You know, skirts together <laughs> and stuff like that. So it's quite yeah. interesting. Very, yeah. very good young man. So hopefully, we'll hear from him. Um, 
So that's been From the Valley Podcast. Marcel, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you, Tim, and thank you to the listeners. We've had uh, pretty much right on the one-hour mark. It's been pretty much, uh, you know, as I said, it would probably go for about that, Marcel. So thanks very much to all the listeners. This has been From the Valley Podcast. I've been your host, Tim Wooshy, here today with Marcel Vogt. Uh, who owns an IT business here in uh, Newstead, Brisbane, called Country Consulting. Um, So thank you very much. Have a great weekend, and uh, uh, don't do anything that I wouldn't do.